On this episode, new supermarkets are opening across the U.S. Grocers are duking it out for customers. That's right, it's time for Grocery Tracker 2018. You're listening to Where We Buy. It's the show about the things we buy and the places we buy them. All right, here we go. Gonna do an experiment here. All right, so I've got three uh, circulars from the Sunday paper, uh, different grocery store circulars, and uh, I'm just gonna go through these and see what we can find. Simply Juice, two for $5, nice, nice. Simple Truth, cage-free eggs. Organic boneless chicken breast. Low cow ice cream. That's low cow, C-O-W. I guess it's low cow too, or maybe it's low in carbs. Whatever, I'm probably not gonna get it. Natural boneless pork chops are on sale. Organic cereal, organic milk. There's a whole organic choices section here. Let's take a look at another circular. This one's got a QR code on it um, that you can scan which allows you to download the app. And I think you can order online through the app and then pick up in store. Almond milk yogurt, okay, I'm good. Organic ketchup and mustard, two for $4. Organic salsa, organic cereals for $3.99. Everything, like everything I'm looking at has either organic or natural in the name. Okay, so this one um, has a little ad for home delivery by Shipped. Uh, try two weeks free, plus get $15 off your first order. Organic milk. Okay, so um, Archer Farms, that's a private label. Uh, Monster Mix, uh, on sale for $3.49. Some healthy, what is this? Nutro Wholesome Essentials. Uh, Farm-raised chicken, uh, brown rice, and sweet potatoes. That's all for your dog. That's That's dog food. Why am I sitting here wasting valuable podcast time reading newspaper circulars? Well, we recently released our Grocery Tracker 2018 report, and uh, in addition to tracking where new grocers and supermarkets are expanding, we also looked at the kinds of tools um, and the kinds of things that grocers are doing um, to duke it out for market share. And three of the big ones were fresh, healthy, gluten-free vegan food, um, private label offerings, and online and mobile integration, which a uh, quick look through these uh, newspaper circulars from Sunday um, reveals all of those things are in effect. I'm going to clip these coupons later because it's time to get to our interview. Our grocery tracker report comes out this week, and I sat down with Taylor Coyne, who worked on that report. So I'm James Cook. I direct retail research for JLL in the Americas. I'm Taylor Coyne, and I also do retail research at JLL. We just released a, a new grocery report, um, and Taylor Coyne, uh, you worked on that. Tell us um, 
What was the most kind of the most interesting finding from that report? The biggest takeaway is that new grocery stores are down from last year. Grocery openings were down 28.8% from 2016. Some of the grocers decided to reevaluate some of their expansion plans. However, just because the numbers are down doesn't mean it wasn't a good year for a lot of the grocers across the country. Where were the new grocery stores going in in 2017? The top market is California. And if anyone read the report from 2016, California was also a top market in 2016. No surprise, it's one of the bigger states. But what was surprising was Texas took 16% of all of the openings in 2016, but last year only took 9.2. They're still in the top five of states that had the most openings, but that is a really interesting change from 2016. The two new states this year that really did well were Virginia and North Carolina, mostly because of Lidl and their aggressive expansion plans for this past year and really focusing on the mid-Atlantic markets. So for the past few years, the big growth outside of California has really been in Dallas and Houston, right? Definitely. With HEB, Publix, you know, it's a really great market. Those are really well-performing retail markets in general. So grocers generally pick those Texas markets. And that's not to say that Texas did poorly. They are still in the top five markets or top five states of last year in terms of new grocery stores. So there's kind of like two avenues of growth. And one is organic growth, where you have a new residential community come in. And so you need to put in a new in a new shopping center with a grocer. And then the other is a new market entry. So that example is going to be like Aldi, Um, rolling in in 2016 and taking a, a bunch of new locations in Southern California, for example. Grocery Outlet, which is really mostly known on the West Coast, has been doing a lot of expansion as well. And next year, some mid-Atlantic markets will finally see a grocery outlet. They focus a lot on affordable foods and really pick the neighborhoods that are underserved in terms of grocery. They really want to connect with the community and make sure that they understand what that community needs. So they have a really great mission behind their brand. Taylor, in this report, you you identified some of the tools, I guess you'd say, grocers are using to to gain market share. Fresh, healthy, and affordable. Gluten-free, vegan-only, low-carb, all of those buzzwords. Gone are the days where you can only go to those specialty stores to buy those products. So you're seeing organic foods become way more affordable. And the grocers who can do that well, advertise it well at a really great price are going to succeed. To get a different perspective, we brought in an outside expert. Hi, I'm Jen Augustin. I'm a partner at The Dealey Group, which is an advertising agency specializing in retail and real estate. We're based in Dallas, Texas. Jen's professional expertise is in retail property marketing. But as a regular grocery shopper, she's also an expert at going to the supermarket. So my favorite grocery store is actually owned by HEB. It's a central market uh, right by my my house. And I think that it might be the favorite grocery store uh, of everybody in Dallas because it's packed 100% of the time. And we like central market because it's very similar and competitive to Whole Foods. But... um, I think a little bit better price point and um, in, t- in, in terms of a footprint, a larger size. So fresh, I think, is not just for me, but the reason why we still go to the grocery store so we can look at that produce and look at the meat in the, um, in the, count- the chef's counter case and make sure that what we're 
bringing home is really the fresh, the freshest option. Um, and then affordable, um, you know, just like everyone else, you want to make sure that you're using your money wisely. But I will have to admit, you know, I will make concessions if some if the experience is um, pleasant. It's quick, easy in and easy out. And I definitely uh, find that I am willing to spend a little bit more for a healthy option. And the combination of a fresh and healthy option may be prepared already for me. <laughs> um, as a working mom with two kids, I definitely am willing to spend a little bit more on something like that. So Taylor, one of the things, one of the trends that you pointed out was just the growth in private label stuff for sale at grocery stores. That really seems to be taking off. Definitely. It's a plus for consumers and the grocers who are selling those private labels. So for the grocer, you're eliminating those third-party costs and you can more quickly respond to any changes in the market. And for the consumer, that it's all about brand allegiance and brand awareness. So in this era of heightened competition, if you can identify and trust a brand and that brand is related to one specific grocer, well, that grocer's got you as a customer for life. Trader Joe's is one that we know has always used the private label, but Aldi is really new to some markets. And Aldi just launched a new line of foods called Earth Grown, which goes back into that earlier trend all about healthy and affordable. So, Jen, you like to go to Central Market. Do they have certain private label things that you're always there to get? Yeah. In fact, that's probably one of the main reasons why we're such big fans of Central Market. They have a really affordable line of organic uh, items. And uh, we have had just so much success. Things like their organic peanut butter is my kid's favorite. And so uh, when we're shopping through the store, if there is one of their private label options, uh, we're, we never even hesitate to give it a try because we've had such good success across all different categories. So let's let's take a look at one more trend that you identified in this report, and that's the idea of blending online retail with traditional bricks and mortar. Are more grocers pushing into the online space? You're seeing grocers definitely partner more with brands who can have some kind of online presence, whether that's order online, pick up in store, whether that's order online, get it delivered to your house. It's all about this flexibility and giving your customer the option to do whatever is going to fit their lifestyle best. I have two kids, so we're definitely at the grocery store at least once a week. Um, I haven't uh, tried it yet, but a lot of my friends really like the Kroger um, click and click and connect or click and pick up. I can't remember the exact name, but where you can order online and then you can pick it up at the store. So I will be trying that next uh, for sure. But we are regular uh, at the grocery store. That's for sure. I was born and raised in Texas, but then I left and spent a little bit of time in California and almost a decade in New York. So I lived in lower Manhattan and the largest grocery store to my apartment was Gristidi's. So I spent, um, you know, probably most of my shopping would happen between Gristidi's or whatever bodega happened to be by the subway stop that I <laughs> was using that particular day. And, you know, in New York, when you're shopping, you basically leave with what you can carry because um, you're you don't have a car, not likely to be uh, uh, be able to load up your trunk with groceries like I can now in Dallas. But even back in, you know, 2006 and 2007, I was ordering groceries online through Fresh Direct and having them delivered to my house uh, or my apartment rather um, to uh, 
to solve for the fact that sometimes at Gristidi's or the because it's pretty small footprint in Manhattan typically or the bodegas didn't have the variety or the selection of the brands that I wanted to utilize. So I can remember um, back then using early versions of the um, of what now has really been such a big trend in the industry. So Kroger just announced this past year an initiative called Restock Kroger. And the whole point is using those who have a Kroger club card and all of that information, they're going to now tailor that store to your preferences. So let's assume that the neighborhood where this Kroger is has a weird anomaly where it has a ton of dog owners. So Kroger will now see that information. And before, maybe the dog section only took up half of one aisle. Well, now they're going to dedicate an entire aisle to dog food, dog products, all of those things, because they know that the people who live in that neighborhood want those items. My local grocery store regularly does not stock the things that I want to buy. And I have to go out of my way. I'll have to drive an extra 20 minutes to get to the the grocery store that I like that has the stuff that I want. All of this innovation as it relates to the grocery stores themselves is going to most likely lead to more exciting marketing initiatives for the whole shopping center. So uh, in my previous life, I worked at a couple of agencies where our large clients were packaged goods companies. And packaged goods companies for decades have been mining customer data, you know, things like, you know, your CVS rewards or your Kroger Kroger card, and they're tracking every transaction. And for years and years, long before big data was a trend, you know, those re- – those, um, uh, packaged goods companies had tons of data thanks to the grocery stores. And um, I, I I see that now that they're taking that data and combining it with their online data, I, I just think that the future is going to be really, really exciting. Grocery stores are still evolving, but they haven't changed that much in the past decades. Most people still seem to shop for groceries the same way they always did. That's why property investors still want grocery-anchored centers. In fact, in our report, we saw investment in grocery-anchored centers grow by 5.3% in 2017. If you want to read our full grocery tracker report, go to jllretail.com and click on Retail Intelligence, or look for the link in this episode's show notes. Stick around after the music to hear us talk a little bit more about our recent favorite grocery trips. I'm curious what you think about the future of grocery stores. I'd love it if you'd tell me about it. You can leave a message on the Where We Buy hotline, and we may use it on an upcoming show. Just give me a call at area code 602-633-4061. We've got some great stuff planned for upcoming episodes. I sat down with some virtual reality experts in Los Angeles. Um, I took a walk down Santana Row in Silicon Valley. And we've got a whole lot more planned. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, The best way to make sure you're in the loop is to subscribe to Where We Buy on the iPhone podcast app or Spotify. You can also go to our website, which is wherewebuy.show. Our theme music is Run in the Night by The Good Lauds under Creative Commons license.
was Friday night, ended dinner a little bit early and was going to go home and watch a movie or more likely the Olympics, but uh, stopped at Trader Joe's on the way home and I've lived there for a year and a half and I walked in and I just go, what is happening? They reorganized in less than 24 hours the entire wine section, the entire alcohol, wine, beer, liquor, all of that. And we went in and I was just kind of standing there just so confused that my store had completely changed. But because of my face, I got to talking to the people who worked there and the person who had redesigned the entire wine area. And they were just talking about how, you know, there was less shelf space now, but they had created those in aisle centerpieces almost to really promote the wines that are Trader Joe's brands and the ones that, you know, the Trader Joe's picks of the month. And I liked the layout way better, but it was really interesting to hear from them that it was actually less. This product was still the same, but they had to be very creative on the way that they organized their shelves. So these little details like that, that we don't always, as the consumer, think about, but really impact how you're going to go and buy your goods and what you're going to buy more. Because I can guarantee you, I'm probably going to navigate to those centerpieces with that wine display over some of the periphery where I was on my own before. My uh, my latest jam at the grocery store, so I live out in the boonies, and uh, I cook a lot of Indian food. And up until about eight months ago, our local grocery store did not carry naan bread. And I know, right? Insane. But they started carrying a great naan bread, and it's it's cut so much travel time out of my life. It's it's so nice. I've got that right there. So when we entertain, my husband and I, we almost always have a cheese board. It's pretty standard, I know, but it, we just almost always have a cheese board. And in fact, like we almost always just have cheese in our fridge so that if somebody spontaneously comes over, that's just an easy go-to to pull it out. But I actually don't know that much about cheese. <laughs> I just don't have the time to do my research and really look it up. And so normally what I do is wander around aimlessly and hope that they have some free samples so that I can pick my cheese based off of the things that they're perhaps marketing that day or that week. And if I get lucky, then I'll talk to somebody who will advise me on, on what to get. Um, but my local grocery store just started selling basically a cheese board in a bag so they're in the prepared food case and they're labeled, you know, like American or French. And on the outside, you can see you're going to get these four options. And of course, they're perfectly selected by someone who really knows a lot about cheese. And it also includes all the accessories <laughs> that, that you need, the crackers, the figs, the, you know, the the spreads. And, um, and then it comes with like educational materials, too. So you can... Re read about it or even set it out like on the counter for other people if they want to read about the cheeses and why that, that those four were paired together. So um, I feel like I can uh, learn uh, learn about the cheeses that we're um, serving and without really ever having to attend any classes or <laughs> do all that much work. And it's made shopping for entertaining even easier. So I'm a big fan. So do you act like you just know all this stuff? Oh, like no. this is a Venezuelan uh, beaver cheese and it comes from the, the Swiss Alps. Uh. 
No, my my friends know me better than that. <laughs> Everyone likes cheese. Yes. <laughs> Unless yeah. you're that weird population in Los Angeles who, you know, doesn't dairy eat free. yeah, exactly dairy free, but otherwise the maj- the average person loves cheese. Cheese, crackers, the sh- the whole char- charcuterie movement, I'm all in favor of cuz I love all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. All right, we're going to leave it there. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you.